The joy of giving food to others. I have very small eyes. I'm told that when I was born, my mother wondered, does my baby have eyes or not? And spread my eyelids apart with her fingers. Then when I blinked, she said with joy, oh my, yes, he does have eyes after all. My eyes were so small that people often called me Osan's little tiny eyes because my mother was from the village of Osan. I cannot remember anyone saying, though, that my small eyes made me any less attractive. In fact, people who know something about physiognomy, the art of understanding a person's characteristics and fortune by studying facial features, say my small eyes give me the right disposition to be a religious leader. I think it is a similar way to the way a camera is able to focus on objects farther away as the aperture of the lens is reduced. A religious leader needs to be able to see farther into the future than do other people, and perhaps small eyes are an indication of such a quality. My nose is rather unusual as well. Just one look, and it's obvious that this is the nose of a stubborn and determined man. There must be something to physiognomy, because when I look back at my life, these features in my face seem to parallel the way I have lived my life. I was born in 2221, Sangsa Ri village, Daikon district, Yongju township, Pyongyang province, as the second son of Kyongju Moon of Nampyang Moon clan and Kyonggye Kim of the Yonnan Kim clan. I was born on the sixth day of the first lunar month in 1920, the year after the 1919 independence movement. I was told that our family settled in the village of Sangsari during the life of my great-grandfather. My paternal great-grandfather worked the farm himself, producing thousands of bushels of rice and building the family fortune with his own hands. He never smoked or drank liquor, preferring instead to use the money to buy food to give to those in need. When he died, his last words were, if you feed people from all the regions of Korea, then you will receive blessing from all those regions. So the guest room in our house was always full of people. Even people from other villages knew that if they came to our house, they could always count on being fed a good meal. My mother carried out her role of preparing food for all these people without ever complaining. My great-grandfather was so active, he never wanted to rest. If he had some spare time, he would use it to make pairs of straw footwear that he would then sell in the marketplace. When he grew old, in his merciful ways, he would buy several geese, let them go in the wild, and pray that all would be well with his descendants. He hired a teacher of Chinese characters to sit in the guest room of his house and provide free literacy lessons to the young people of the village. The villagers gave him the honorific title 
Son Ok, Jewel of Goodness, and referred to our home as a home that will be blessed. By the time I was born and was growing up, much of the wealth that my great-grandfather had accumulated was gone, and our family had just enough to get by. The family tradition of feeding others was still alive, however, and we would feed others even if it meant there wouldn't be enough to feed our family members. The first thing I learned after I learned to walk was how to serve food to others. During the Japanese occupation, many Koreans had their homes and land confiscated. As they escaped the country to Manchuria, where they hoped to build new lives for themselves, they would pass by our home on the main road that led to Songcheong in North Pyongyang province. My mother always prepared food for the passers-by who came from all parts of Korea. If a beggar came to our home asking for food and my mother didn't react quickly enough, my grandfather would pick up his meal and take it out to the beggar. Perhaps because I was born into such a family, I too have spent much of my life feeding people. To me, giving people food is the most impressive work. When I'm eating and I see someone who has nothing to eat, it pains my heart and I cannot continue eating. I'll tell you something that happened when I was about 11 years old. It was toward the last days of the year and everyone in the village was busy preparing rice cakes for the New Year feast. There was one neighbour family, though, that was so poor they had nothing to eat. I kept seeing their faces in my mind. It made me so restless that I was walking around the house wondering what to do. Finally, I picked up an eight-kilogram bag of rice and ran out of the house. I was in such a hurry to get the bag of rice out of the house that I didn't even tie the bag closed. I hoisted the bag onto my shoulders and held it tight as I ran along the steep uphill path for about eight kilometres, five miles, to get to the neighbour's home. I was excited to think how good it would feel to give those people enough food that they could eat as much as they wanted. The village mill was next to our house. The four walls of the mill house were well built so that the crushed rice could not fall through the cracks. This meant that in the winter it was a good place to escape the wind and stay warm. If someone took some kindling from our home's furnace and started a small fire in the mill house, it became warmer than the Ondil heated room. The Ondil heating system from Korea warms the whole house by dispersing heat through the channels beneath the floor. Some of the beggars who travelled around the country would decide to spend the winter in that mill house. I was fascinated by the stories that they had to tell about the world outside, and I found myself spending time with them every chance I got. My mother would bring my meals out to the mill house, and she would always bring enough for my beggar friends to eat as well. We would eat from the same dishes and share the same blankets at night. This is how I spent the winter. When spring came, they would leave their faraway places, and I could not wait 
for winter to come again so that they would return to our home. Just because their bodies were poorly clothed did not mean that their hearts were ragged as well. They had a deep and warm love that showed. I gave them food, and they shared their love with me. The deep friendship and warmth they showed me back then continue to be a source of strength for me today. As I grow around the world and witness children suffering from hunger, I am always reminded of how my grandfather never missed a chance to share food with others.